everyone. Welcome to Loving This Life podcast, hosted by yours truly, Abby Hillis, founder of ACH Events and co-founder of The Twelfth Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. This podcast is about loving the life that you live and 100% owning it and being happy with it. Each episode will include a guest or thoughts to help bring your dreams to reality, understand true commitment in life, and help turn some of your darkest days into the brightest years. So grab some coffee, some wine, or whatever tickles your fancy, and join me on this adventure of finding happiness and taking charge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 19 of Loving This Life podcast. I am here, your host, Abby Hillis, with an amazing person. I know I mentioned in episode 18 that I had this super awesome woman coming on, and this is it. Her name is Susie Robb, and I'm just so excited for you guys to get to hear her story and what she's doing. She is the epitome of loving this life. Full disclosure, she listened to the podcast and they reached out and was just really wanting to come on and be a part of loving this life and all of the things that we kind of practice and talk about on the podcast. So I'm just so excited. I've gotten to chat with her a little bit before today and she's just got a really cool story. And if you're you're a single mom out there that has been listening this podcast is definitely one that I think you can resonate with. And if you're someone who is just really trying to decide if you should take a leap of faith to start something new or do something new, this episode is for you as well. So welcome, Susie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. So little background on Susie, you guys. She's a single mom. She is an interior designer. And I've already gotten to see her house a little bit as we're doing this virtual episode, which by the way, this is my first virtual episode, you guys. So if this sounds a little different, that's why. But she's a business owner. She has a online home decor store that's called Shop From Susie. And it's adorable. It's totally my taste of stuff. It's so cute. And then she's also the founder of the 626 Foundation, which is a foundation that offers like no cost services to families who have had unexpected tragedies, whether that's single moms, divorce, loss, any of those things. And basically she just helps kind of create a home and a space for people to feel like they are loved and they can be successful. And um, it's a place that they can come home to and feel safe at every day. So that is super cool. They launched their first big video of, of their first huge project recently. And I got to see that and it's totally a tearjerker. So um, I'll be sure to share that with you guys in the episode notes. But you know, I just want people to get an idea of who you are, Susie, and kind of like, I think you're really unique. We talked about how we resonated on both being like intense athletes growing up. So Mm -hmm. I just want to know what was it like being Susie Rob growing up? And like, what did you do? And like, what did home life look like? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm from West Texas. So I'm from Lubbock, Texas. I grew up there, went to high school there, and was a ballet dancer. And ballet was really just my way out of that small town. At the time, it was small. I hear it's not that small anymore. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it was like, I'm going, I had a, a scholarship to the University of Utah, and I was so excited. I was like, I'm never coming back <laughs> to Lubbock. <laughs> Getting out of this. Right? And yeah. so I, I think I've just always been this, like, very enthusiastic 
passionate dreamer, sort of the sky's the limit. And yeah, I graduated from high school and went to Salt Lake City and studied ballet for about four years. Golly. Got my degree and then moved back to Lubbock, the town I was never going to come back to. (laughs) Isn't that funny how that happens? Yes. (laughs) So did you stay in Lubbock? Because I know you're in Dallas now. No. So we were, when we, I got married and we were in Lubbock for a few years and then we moved to Dallas for his job. Okay. And do you have siblings? Do you have any siblings? I have one little sister. She, She is a firecracker. She's actually a preacher. So she's a female senior executive pastor here in Dallas, Fort Worth. Holy cow. That's incredible. Yeah. So we come from a, from a family that believes girls can do all the things. Hell yeah, they can. That's awesome. So you moved to Dallas and um, I kind of want to just dive in. I know that the past couple of years, there was, there was some hardship that came and happened. And I know that you were married to your children's father for 10 years. And unfortunately that came to an end. So kind of tell, tell us what that looked like and what happened and kind of how that all came about. Well, we were married for 10 years. We started having children about like our sixth year, seventh year of marriage. So I stayed at home. I was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, my daughter would have been 12 months, I think, maybe a little bit older, 13 months or so when I found out that my husband was in love with his coworker. So (laughs) yeah. I, I did come from a very religious background, and so I was close-minded about divorce. That was just yeah. not an option. And totally, um, I think because of that, I hung around way too long. I put up with way too much. Um, it turned incredibly toxic, mm-hmm. and it took me about a year to really find the strength and the acceptance. That was the big piece. Mm-hmm. Um, to file for divorce. So I've been divorced now for three years, but yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. I think for, cause you know, I'm married and I think about like, if, if something were to happen, like how I'd handle it, because you just make this vow to each other that it's for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. And you, you just, you want to believe that you can get through anything and that there's going to be light at the other side and you can make it work. And I think that seeing what I've seen and I, you know, I have a grandpa who's now on his, well, he's been married twice and on his, like has a girlfriend right now and he's much older, but both my Nana and his second wife oddly passed away from pancreatic cancer. Both of them did. And I've seen him like fall in love with multiple women and I've kind of transitioned. I know that like Christians believe that there's that, that one person for you and you marry and you stick to it. But I also believe, and I've kind of seen it in life that I think that sometimes there's just another beginning and new beginnings for people that exist and God puts those people in your life and it is okay. And it's just your story and Mm -hmm. it's your life and it's the path that you're walking on and it's okay. You know, I think so many people find Mm -hmm. themselves backed into a corner because they're just so, so afraid of the unknown or so afraid of letting people down or letting themselves down. And they don't choose to just like take the plunge and know that like, they're going to be okay. And I just think it's so awesome that you did that Thanks. and that you chose to get out because it's not conducive for you getting to live your best life. Right. 
Right. And it's just not fair. It's not fair at all. Agreed completely. So you took the plunge, you made it happen. And then you now have since then created this badass business. Um, <laughs> and you're doing things that make your heart sing and helping others. So I want to hear your business story and I want everyone else to hear it. So you're kind of in the dumps and you're, you're really not feeling great about life. And then you created this business. So tell me about that journey. Okay. So it was really in the thick of the marriage crumbling that I just started. I think I was depressed, clinically like depressed. Um, And I found myself just escaping and, and fantasizing about all kinds of things. I didn't go to school to be a designer, but it was always a passion of mine. And I think, you know, I do think interior design is an art. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, clearly ballet is an art. So it kind of all falls under this creative side that I have. So before, now that I think about it, you know, I was repainting our home over and over, (laughs) rearranging furniture over and over. And I actually think it was in an effort to make my life feel different than Mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And that all leads up to what I'm doing now. But I really see how I was desperate for change yeah. I just didn't know how to cultivate it. Yep. Yep. So I would have these crazy fantasies that I owned a home decor store. And they're crazy because I had no retail experience. I had no business ownership experience. It was just literally a pipe dream. And but I couldn't shake it. And they, ah. these like images and these visions that I was having were very real. It was that I had two kids and they were older. And at the time they're, you know, my daughter's doesn't even talk or walk. She's a year old, but right. that I, I have this store and they're coming home from school into the store. I mean, they were crazy vivid dreams. So I thought, you know what, maybe I should just see if somebody out there needs some part-time help and I could yeah. work for a store. So I had asked uh, my, my little women's Bible study group, if anybody knew anybody. And one of my friends said, yeah, I do actually. So she put us in contact with each other and sure enough, it was a woman that said, we've been praying for some part-time help. Um, Would you be available just, you know, Tuesday, Thursdays for a couple of hours and Tuesday, Thursdays at the time were the only days that my kids were in Mother's Day out. And so it felt so divine. And I just thought, yes, like this is, yes. Yeah. So I worked for her helping pack orders. She ran the business from her home. So I would go to her house and it was during that time with her help, and I truly believe the prayers of so many other women in my life that I found the strength to in the marriage and file for divorce. Mm. Um, and I got, I bought it, I bought a house. I, you know, moved me and my kids there, and um, all the while I'm working more for her, more for her, and kind of worked my way up to manager, and then kind of reached a turning point where I'm like, I am on my own. Like I need more than this if I'm going to support me and my family. So I actually had intentions of quitting. I was going to tell her that I needed really more full-time work with benefits, the whole nine yards, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That same day she said, well, we were actually, we've been praying and we feel like it's time for us to step out. Would you want to buy the business from us? And I thought, oh my God, okay. Uh, (laughs) Let me think about it. Yeah. And so it really was such a crossroads. And you and I kind of talked about this. I think I know myself, I have a a lot of self-awareness and I knew this would test me 
yeah. be on anything on every level. And so I was, if I'm honest, absolutely terrified to say yes, but full well knowing that I was going to do this. So yeah. isn't it crazy how God presents you with those, like, I guess, I don't know if it's like a fork in the road or whatever, but it's like, I'm going to present you with this most incredible thing that you've dreamed of. And it's like, you want to do it, but holy crap, you are so damn terrified that it's like, Mm -hmm. do I want to do this? I've always wanted this, but now that it's being presented, do I really want it? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You're like second guessing and backtracking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I had to make a very sobering decision of, am I going to take this on? Because it would provide more, like financially, I would be where I needed to be just being owner. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I didn't have the capital to purchase it for the price that they wanted. And so that was scary. But I tell any, you know, any person that's thinking about starting something, um, the surefire way to make sure you stick with it is the financial obligation. Yeah. So because I had to wipe out my savings, because I had to borrow money from my parents, this couldn't be a side hustle that if it didn't work out, oh, well, right. This was like, no, there is money to be paid to debtors. <laughs> there is, you know, that mm-hmm. I ha- it, it became livelihood. And I think that tipped the scales in a way that helped me keep going when, when I got tired and when I got bored and when I didn't, when I second guessed what I had done, it was like, I didn't have a, the comfort of walking out. Right. So. It was like, okay, I'm in this. So I've, I have to figure out how I'm going to keep this going and how I'm going to get to the next step that I need to be. And I think, Oh my gosh, that's such an entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> I yeah. feel like the yeah. roller coaster of the entrepreneurial journey is insane. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so true. But that again, you know, that's my advice usually to somebody starting out is if if you don't have anything on the line, then what's going to keep you going when it gets tough? And I think we think, "Oh, my passion will." But if you're like me, passion ebbs and flows and comes and goes. <laughs> and that's just not enough, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, when, when the roof over your head is contingent on your business, it, it changes things for sure. Absolutely. So, so it was, I said, yes, I bought the business in January of 2018. So I just celebrated two years of ownership. I changed the name and I opened an interior design sort of arm or extension of the brand because we were just selling product. And now I wanted to sell product, but also take on interior design clients because that's really where my heart is. So I started that. that well, I, it was an outlet for you to really get your creative juices flowing again, right? Yes. Like every space mm-hmm. is different and everyone's needs are different. So you could really like use your creativeness that you've probably hadn't used in a while to really like, for sure. Mm-hmm. Grow with that, which is really cool. And it, and to be practical, it was another stream of revenue. Hell yeah. So, yeah, which is so important. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was an easy, okay, we're going to also offer this service. And it started just locally. Then I tried e-design, which I, you know, was kind of virtual consulting. I kind yep. of tried, I've tried a bunch of different things to kind of get to what truly opened up, which was this foundation. But And one of the things I'm working on, and I just talked about in episode 18 was like, work doesn't have to be work if it's something that you are passionate about and it's something that you do enjoy and you can build a life that follows those 
paths and you don't have to settle for showing up to a job every single day that just is soul sucking or doesn't get your creative juices flowing and doesn't embrace the strengths that you have. And there are jobs out there or choices that you can make to change what that looks like for you. And I'm such an advocate for that because I think this is why you and I like resonate so well together is like we're building businesses based on our passions and based on things that make us happy. And Mm -hmm. there are definitely sides of a business that are not rainbows and butterflies running a business. Mm -hmm. Like the finance back part to it is so not colorful and Mm -hmm. you know, paying people is not colorful, but if you can focus on the bulk of the business being something that you are passionate, that makes you happy, that is a daily joy to you and knowing, and it fulfills those things that you need in life, whether that's helping people or putting positivity back into the world, whatever that is, like, it's so important to have that be your job day in and day out. And I just think it's so cool that you're like, well, I want to do interior design. So I'm going to throw that in there. And that's going to be something that I do because that's exactly what I do and how I do business. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you listen to Gary V? No, I don't. So Gary Vaynerchuk, he's a, he's a huge, I think he's got millions and millions of followers now, but he's an entrepreneur and a mentor. And oh, he talks, I need to follow him. Yes, you do. He's incredibly vulgar. So just be warned. But, okay. um, awesome. but he talks I love a lot about how, you know, he puts happiness over financial success. And he says, if you can get both great, but what you really need to be chasing is happiness. Yeah. And, you know, what is going to fulfill you? And he, he talks a lot to these 20-somethings and, and young people who are just, you know, they're making eighty hundred thousand dollars $100,000 a year, but they're like, they hate it, you know? And he's like, why are you so afraid to do what it is that you love? And they all say the same thing. Well, because I won't be where I'm at right now financially. Right. Right. And he's like, he just unpacks that and he does a lot of like one-on-one interviews. You should definitely follow him on Instagram. Oh my God. Yes. I'm so inspiring. And it's that same idea. If you love what you're doing, like that is success. And then if you can make money doing it, then you are beyond successful. Oh, I love that. I love that. You should quote yourself on that one. That one was really good. I liked that. Let's see. Let's use that in like somewhere. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the name of the podcast episode. Yes, uh, so true. I love that. So let's talk coffee for a second. I don't know about you, but I am the type of person that unadmittedly makes a pot of coffee one day and maybe even uses the leftover coffee the next day and just reheats it. So not good, I know, for like the best tasting coffee, but hey, gotta do what you gotta do, right? But then I found Trade Coffee Company and you guys have got to check them out. Head on over to their website and take their coffee quiz. They're taking a whole new approach to really just brewing coffee at home. So basically you start Start by taking a quiz and they get an idea of the type of coffee you like and which beans would be best for you. From there, then they give you these awesome suggestions of which coffees would be the best fit for your coffee preferences. If you're interested and want to try it out, feel free to use the code ABBCHILLIS when checking out and I can get you 50% off your first bag. What, what? So go check it out. Trade Coffee Company. So... Obviously, then piggybacking off of that, you wanted, I know we talked about how you wanted to do more and you felt like there was more to be had with helping people who wanted a home that was welcoming and a safe place and put together and provided creative places. And you're struggling to be able to do that for every single person that you wanted to do it for. So you started the 626 Foundation. And I would love for people to hear that story and like how 
that came about and how you created that and why you created that. Okay. I think it's hindsight, of course, 2020. I can see it so clearly now, but if you had asked (laughs) me at any point along the road, I would have been so felt so confused and so disjointed at the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, But you and I talked about like God wastes nothing. So really seeing how it all has come together is fascinating. Isn't it? Um, Yeah. Because like I was saying earlier about, you know, I'm in this horrible marriage and here I am like, and again, for single moms, to me, that is the loneliest occupation on the planet because your children are like pulling everything out of you with all of their needs. And then you, I mean, who's pouring back into you, you know? You're constantly living with an empty cup. Yes. Yeah. And so then now put your husband's having an affair and it's like, (laughs) oh my God. I mean, how did I even survive? I don't know. But so me scrambling, trying to change my reality with design. I think that is where I see it had started. Mm. So, you know, my ex-husband would say, why can't you just be happy with what you've done? You have to, you have to keep changing it, you know, cause I would constantly change. He'd come home and the house is painted a totally different color <laughs> or, I've, or I've moved like the piano and he's like, what, like, why can't you just be content? And I'm thinking, well, <laughs> why can't you? No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, for uh, real. Yeah. And so I see it start there when I look back and I'm like, okay, that is a big piece of this puzzle. So, you know, always loving decor and design. My grandmother was a decorator. So I have that skill that I learned from her and wanting to, when I bought the home decor store to start that branch. Meanwhile, I'm teaching divorce care at church. So I'm finding other people who've walked this and went sort of blind leading the blind, but it was so rewarding and I loved it. Mm. And then I'm taking on these clients and getting a lot of calls from friends saying, Hey, can you come help me with my space? And I'm like, sure, of course. And they're like, uh, but I don't have any money. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, it's no problem. I can help you. But as a business owner, you quickly realize you can't keep doing that. No, you just can't. So I'm driving down the road, coming back from round top, which I don't know if you go to round top. Yeah. 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 So, and I'm, I'm like half praying, half venting, which is prayer actually, but yes, saying like, you know, is there like a, a grant I could apply for to just get some money to help these people because they were my friends or, or people I had met on Instagram and almost, they all have a backstory. They all have walked through something that was awful and they hate their house. And I've been there and I'm going, God, you know, show me, open a door where I could get some funding and use it to pay for these jobs. And I really felt like he said, I want you to open that. And I thought, um, what? Yeah. (laughs) And I, you know, I sat with that for really a week. I called my branding manager and I said, I feel like he's like, God is asking me to do this. And I feel like I'm already doing it. He just wants me to open it up to the public and ask for donations and start this ministry to see if we can't help people who need a new life breathed into their spaces if we can't do that for them. Yeah. So I held pretty tightly to it and I didn't share it with anyone except my branding manager. And um, I knew that if I told 
my Instagram followers and I set a date and I wrote it down that like the accountability and like, okay, now you have to do it, which is another huge tip for entrepreneurs, right? Financial accountability. And then, Uh yeah. And then just accountability in general. Yes. Finding those people that are, that'll stay in your corner and support you and help you, help you fulfill your dreams. Totally. So I I just started by saying, um, I'm going to announce a really big uh, venture for me on November 15th. Uh, we set like a little countdown and it was like, okay, we've told them it's coming. We've put it on calendar. And so it was like, we didn't have it. The irony is, is the whole foundation is based on scripture, Matthew six twenty six, which is the scripture that says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they? So it's the whole premise of provision. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, here we were with nothing, trusting that like, he's going to provide. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. So, you know, I called our uh, web designer. I said, can you get me a website? And I won't be able to pay you until we get, you know, some, some funding coming through. And, and they were kind enough to say yes. And, and then we launched it. We launched it November 15th. It was here we are and we're taking applications. Wow. And donations because that was the other piece, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I gotta, I gotta put a roof over my head still. I want to do this, but like, I also can't spend all my time doing this. Right. Right. And we had a tremendous response. We had two really, really big donations and a lot of uh, smaller ones and every dollar counts. So it was, it was phenomenal. And it was confirmation from God, I think of, yes, this is exactly what I want you to be doing. And so we were put in contact with a young woman here in the area uh, that was transitioning out of a women's shelter to her first place. And uh, that was our very first project. And we just finished it. And you can watch the video on IGTV, on YouTube. And it's pretty fascinating and spectacular, I think. It's so spectacular. I'll, I'll be sure to put it in the episode notes, but it's, it speaks so perfectly to what your goal and your vision was. And I, I, it totally left me in tears in a good type of way. It was, so it's, it's so good. It's so good. And it's, it's a good reminder. I think in a world that's just, there's just so much I hate saying the word negativity, but it is negativity and just nastiness and not uplifting conversations constantly happening. And it's just so cool to like continue to meet people and see people that are just like wanting to support each other. And especially women, you know, we're just like on this ride right now where we're just really taking off and really getting to take a stand in the world but we're also getting to like walk alongside each other and support each other. And it's just so cool. You could just tell that like in the video, you guys were just like totally bonded and it was like, a th- like she appreciated you and you appreciated her. And it was like y'all's story. I don't know. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a I, lot of all the feels. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I could like hardly look at her during when we were filming because I just knew I was going to lose it. So uh-huh. it like, don't make eye contact. Yeah. But uh, yeah. she did. She became a very close friend. And, you know, it's just, I think when I look at the home decor world and I look at interior design, to me, first of all, 
nonprofit interior design sounds like such an oxymoron because <laughs> interior design is incredibly expensive and it's it, so expensive. But having been, you know, having taken those projects, it actually there's so much time and work put into it that you think it's a ridiculous amount of money, but then when you're actually the one doing the work, you're like, well, no, that's when I, yeah, I spent about a hundred hours. So yeah, that's, that's fair, you know, but really the oxymoron of interior design, which to me seems like a, a luxury and then a nonprofit, which is very much the opposite. Yeah. Um, but what I was finding was this great hole in this world of, you know, a lot of the retailers and a lot of the TV shows, they're like, let's make our homes cozy and happy and wonderful and make life beautiful. And it, <laughs> it's this very like fluffy, like, yeah. But I just met person after person and me being there too, where if your home is a prison and there's some pain and some, excuse my French, some shit that went down, mm-hmm. like the last thing you, first of all, don't know how to, what does that even look like to make that place cozy? And, and then, you know, just this like, it became, home can become such a prison and such a burden and you can't just go slap a mirror up there from home goods and it looks great now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we talked, we talked about that and how, um, like, and I related it back to being in college and even post-college years of having roommates and how when you're home and the place where you're supposed to like rest and recharge and relax and feel safe and have hope and really be suitable to create, you know, drive on whatever passions you have. When that doesn't exist, it is detrimental to your entire life. It's Mm -hmm. detrimental to you be able to being a mom or you being able to be a wife or you being able to just be a decent employee at work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think sometimes people don't understand that when their house is a tornado or they've gone through something really bad in that house and they could just continue to keep it the same and live in it the same. They don't realize how detrimental it is to their success. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And that's our mission. So we just want to come in and, you know, we're not going to, we will never disrespect what happened. Not, and I really believe you have to honor the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, we're really trying to make our next project happen and it's for a widow out in California. And, you know, she's got so many things that um, belong to her and her late husband. The last thing we're going to do is be like, well, it, this is gone. This is out, out with right. the whole, like, no, 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 no. It is truly about honoring the pain. And mm-hmm. I think there's a, I think there's a really delicate way to do that and still breathe fresh life into a space and that that will get them unstuck by giving them hope for the future. Yeah. So it's yeah. just such, it almost feels like, <laughs> like I'm a grief counselor, if I can yeah. say that. But you know what I mean? It's really about like taking perspective and changing it while still cultivating these new pathways for people to move forward. Yeah. No, it's like immediately you're saying that I go back to my grandpa who's lost uh, two wives and they've both passed away in hospice care in in the same room in his house. And he still lives in that house. And it's like, like you've already, I'm like, oh my God, I wonder if I could convince him to talk to you. Because if you, you could come in and take what he has, but 
spin it. I mean, so we've done some rearranging and I could talk to you about this offline, but we've done some rearranging and changing and some furniture and all of that, but I still don't, I have never felt like it was enough. Um, I felt like there was more that needed to happen to kind of make the house his house instead of what it used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, it's so true. It's so crazy how the place that you walk into and sleep in every single night has such like a psychological impact. It's crazy. So I totally get how you could be a, Mm -hmm. like almost like a therapist. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then you think about children and in the environment that children grow up in. Oh yeah. That's important it is on children. So it's like, yeah, if they, you know, they have got to wake up with, with hope and optimism for their future. And I think a lot of times if they're in a situation where the parents are, are miserable, then they don't want to come home. You know, who would? And they're just not being able to be like their best perversion of themselves because they're, they're struggling in that environment. Oh my gosh. I definitely think you're onto something. I'm so excited to hear where all this goes. I'm like so excited. Thank you so much. Well, if you'll to... let me um, plug it real quick. Yeah, um, do it. Go for it. So it's, it's 626foundation.org. And then on Instagram, we have a very small Instagram page, but you can also follow us there. It's at 626foundation. Um, we are 100% donor funded. So just financial donations are everything. But if you or someone you know wants to apply, you can do that on the website. You can nominate someone and you can donate. And it really means everything. So Yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm, I've already like got my wheel spinning. I really want to see if I can connect, get, get my grandpa to connect with you. Cause I think that you could help him a lot. It awesome. would be really cool. And if you guys have anyone else that kind of comes to mind, let's all connect. We can, I can help kind of bridge the gap. And if you wanted to talk to Susie directly too, we can figure that out too. But I have to ask, cause I ask every, every guest that comes on the question of like, all of these, these stories and all of these things that have happened in your life you know, you can either choose to let them break you down and really just prevent you from living your life and being a hundred percent you and successful, or you can choose to keep going and you can choose to love your life and embrace your life. And obviously that's like the theme of the podcast is, um, how do we continue to love the life that we live and continue to pursue dreams? And can you just talk about what that looked like for you and how you kind of what are the things that in the mentality that you had to kind of pull yourself out of that and get to a place where you are now? Um, <laughs> well, I'm sitting here and I, I was like, you know, okay, God, give me, give me the right words, you know? And the one word that came to mind was self-worth. Oh yeah. I like that. And so I'm trying to unpack that as I'm like talking, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, but I really do think it's this, it's believing that you're worthy of a life worth loving. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So no, 100%. Like love your life. Well, if you don't believe you you're worthy of a life to be loved, then you won't, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's all just this radical acceptance. It's a letting go yeah. of, of yes. certain ideals of, of maybe dreams that didn't come true or yeah. whatever that looks like. It's, it's, it's this letting go. It's the surrender Mm-hmm. And that it's this, you have to receive the value and the worth that God puts on you. Mm-hmm. And I think so oftentimes we won't, we won't wear that crown, you know, because, oh, we're so unworthy. But until we really let him do that, we can't, 
walk out this life worth living and loving right with this false humility you know right so right. i think it's just this both a turning over and receiving so a letting go and surrendering and then an also receiving of this unconditional love and grace yeah yeah and i i have to quote you something you said at the very end when we were talking um last week guys this was like so cool to hear because you you look at her story and you're like oh she's made it like she's doing all these great things but something she said to me was she said i'm on the other side but i have not arrived i'm crying in the valley singing in the peak and i just think that that's so cool because do we ever really truly arrive i don't know that we do right like it's a constant journey and we go up and we go down and i just think it's so cool that that was kind of the mentality that you have because i think people look at other success and they just think they've made it like right. I want to be like them and they don't know that there's still a journey there. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And it's all about perception and, and, you know, I think social media has made it incredibly difficult mm. because it's created this dichotomy of those who have made it and those who have not. And which bucket are you in? <laughs> you know? Yes. And it's like, do you have the blue check or no? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> do you have the swipe up option or no? You know, it's like, it's like all these things that like make you feel like you've made it. Oh so yeah, stupid. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And so you look at it in these like, and I, I mean, I, I say this many times, I hate black and white thinking and I'm always trying to get myself out of it, but it's true. It's this like, you made it or you haven't, yep. you're worthy or you're not. You know, mm -hmm. you're famous or you're nobody and it's just sad, but yeah, it's that we have so many inspirational people to look at and we think, okay, that's the ideal. They have made it, they've arrived and that's where I want to be. Or then you have the opposite side of, you know, the Facebook venting of woe is me and kind of the yes. opposite end of the extreme. Yes. Um, and it's like, well, where are all of us here in the middle? And, and why aren't we hearing from you guys? You know, yep. but I do think it requires a humility from and a vulnerability, mm -hmm. which is key to say, I am still, and I'm speaking for myself here, I'm still trying to figure this out. You mm -hmm. know, every day is different. And the, the challenges of being a single mother are insane. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but to be a, a business owner on my mm. own, I, I mean, I wish I had a partner to bounce ideas off of, you know, right. I've tried to create a team, but you know, I don't have that piece and right. it, it really does feel like a, a missing part for me. So it's just, again, the vulnerability to say, I mentioned this earlier about divorce care, the blind leading the blind. And yeah. I, but I think that's okay. You know, like, Hey, I haven't figured it out, but I figured out some things. If you want to take a look at what I've learned, what about you? And it's creating mm -hmm. these conversations and these narratives where we can help each other and support each of, other. Yeah. Instead of separating ourselves from one another. Yeah. I've been, that's kind of in the theme so far of my 2020 is just really focusing on the community that you have surrounding you. And it's just, Yes, the environment that you're in is huge too, but I think that combined with the community that you're surrounded by, like that's your recipe for success. Put people around you that lift you up, that support your dreams and goals and don't question them in a way that's demoralizing and create a place that you live in and work in that brings positivity and hope and safeness of a feeling of being safe and make that happen because when your environment is all of that, it makes it so much easier to focus on the things that you need to do for you.
Yes, for sure. Well, Susie, this has been so awesome. I'm so thankful we've connected. This is so cool. I'm 100% behind the 626 Foundation. I think that is a phenomenal niche that is not being met. And I think that you are really onto something and doing something really great. I cannot wait for the listeners to hear about it. I think that this is a new... I don't, I'll be very surprised as we'll see if anyone who listens have, has like heard about it, but I'm hoping that kind of gets some renewed energy for you too and get tapping a lot of listeners are in Austin. So tapping into the Austin market and kind of getting the word of your goodness out there because it's really awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. And I'm just down the road from Austin. So I know you're, if you ever come, you have to tell me. Okay, and I will. the next time I'm in Dallas, we're doing a coffee date for sure. Yes, would love that. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, if you want to look at Susie's shop as well, she didn't plug that, so I'm going to plug it for her. Um, it's shopfromsusie.com. And she has all of the stuff that is faith-based. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to remember this. But all the stuff that is faith-based, that's a product in the store, all of those proceeds go to the foundation. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, perfect. I got that right. So if you guys go take a look and you see anything that you like, um, anything that you buy will go to the foundation, which is an also another way to support. And just, you know, supporting a small business is always great too. So you have a choice to go to Home Goods or all the other big shindig places, but right. um, take a look at her shop. She's got some really cute stuff. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Well, everyone have a great day. And thank you again, Susie, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Loving This Life podcast. It is because of people like you tuning in each episode that Loving This Life has a purpose. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. This is how we spread the love and reach more amazing people like you. I also want to say a special thank you to Ella Reed. She so graciously shared her empowering and uplifting song, Walk On, for us to use on the podcast. And lastly... Remember to wake up each day being confident with who you are, but also love yourself enough to change for the better. Peace, y'all.